Hey guys, happy Tuesday, choose yourself. I hope you guys are in a fantastic mood today. And I hope you had a wonderful Women's Day for yesterday. I hope you pampered yourself, spoiled yourself. Uh, for all the gents, I hope you took care of your ladies, you know, the ladies in your life, your mom, your aunt, your sister, your girlfriend, your wife, whoever you have that is a phenomenal woman. I hope you treasured her and spoiled her yesterday. And for all the ladies out there, I hope you did something enjoyable, you know, like your nails or maybe you cooked something absolutely delicious. From my side, you guys, I have started to watch Nadia Bakes, which is a baking show that is on Netflix. And I'm obsessed, you guys. This woman cooks the most phenomenal things and bakes the most adorable treats. So if you have time to look for Nadia on Netflix, she's got Nadia Time to Eat and she's got Nadia Bakes, and these shows are amazing. But for today, you guys, as we celebrate Women's Day, uh, as I said last week, we'll be having a conversation with phenomenal women from South Africa, from the continent, and around the world that are doing incredible things for women. Now, guys, I want to apologize in advance. If there's any noise in the background, there is a guy outside who is screaming for whatever reason. Um... Pretty sure he's having a little bit too much to drink between you and me. But um, yeah, so I might not be able to scrap that out um, during post-edit. So if you do hear the random scream of a man, please just ignore him. <laughs> Let's not let that get in the way of celebrating the amazing women that are doing incredible things across the continent. Today, you guys, I'm talking to Kazana Siwa, who is a Zambian medical student who is passionate about the intersection of child health and good nutrition. She established the 2030 Child Nutrition Project to help mothers and children gain access to nutritional skills, tools, and resources to survive the critical first 1,000 days of life. Without further ado, you guys, welcome Kazana. Thank you so much, Kazana, for joining us on the podcast. We're so excited to talk to you today, uh, a Zambian goddess who's doing great things um, around the world. But, you know, before we start with the actual conversation, please just introduce yourself to the people. Oh, thank you so much, Sizi. Um, my name is Kazana Siwaya. I'm 24 and I'm a medical student and I am the founder of the 2013 Nutrition Project. You studying medicine and I want to know what inspired that route. You know, I'm, I'm not sure if it's something that you wanted since you were a little girl, but what's the story behind going to med school? So um, I have a background of family members who are into the medical field, mm -hmm. but it's something that I really, really wanted to do. So um, there's a point in my life where I would shadow nurses and mm -hmm. shadow doctors mm -hmm. from time to time during my childhood. And after university, um, after high school, I was like, okay, this is what I really want to do. So it's always been a passion for me. And I don't imagine myself doing something else other than that. That's incredible. I think when, when you know, passion is there, you know, of course you need discipline because I'm sure medical school is really hard. But I think when yeah. you have that passion, right, it just, it's something that keeps you going and keeps you motivated. Um, and just helps you throughout the, the slums and the, the harder times. Um, so it's awesome to hear that you're passionate. And, and talking about passion, um, this initiative that you've started, this project, it's such a niche project, right? Dealing with a very particular yeah. issue. So I really wanted to ask you to just explain a little bit about your work um, and, and how, why you started this initiative. 
Okay, so um, the 2030 Nutrition Project is um, a project that focuses on assisting parents, caregivers, and communities to improve their nutrition with healthy, diverse, and sustainable diets. Okay. Good care and hygiene practices, which focuses on the first 1,000 days of life. Mm -hmm. um, so this project started after I had an internship where I was allocated to a malnutrition ward. Yeah. And, according, and in Zambia, the prevalent the prevalence rate of stunting is 35%. Hmm. So 40% of under five suffer from chronic malnutrition. This is stunting or low height for age. And 15% under five years suffer from acute malnutrition, which is wasting or low weight for height, hmm. according to the recent demographic health survey. So um, the mission of the 2013 Nutrition Project is to assist parents caregivers, communities to improve their nutrition with healthy, diverse, and sustainable diets, mm -hmm. good care and hygiene practices with focus on the first 1,000 days of life, because these are the most critical days of a child's development. Why we care, we exist because we want to solve this problem. We yeah. do this by empowering lactating women, pregnant women, community health workers, and building a strong community of nutrition supporters. And we also educate children in schools to become nutrition champions. That's a big deal. I mean, the, the work, as as you've described, it sounds like a lot, you know, and it, it sounds like something that, you know, definitely requires a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy. Um, but I think in terms of your personal exposure to this, this very serious issue, um, what was that like for you personally, you know, seeing these kids and seeing the issues I, I read specifically around, you know, in, in the rural areas? What was it like for you seeing this issue live? Because I think, you know, statistics are one thing, right? But when you are on yes. the ground, when you are interacting with people, when you're seeing people that desperately need, um, you know, this help and this encouragement, um, what was that like for you? Before I started the project, I had an idea of what malnutrition was like. Mm -hmm. um, in medical school, you read about it, you talk about it, but I had the, the most personal experience when I was in the ward when I was in that malnutrition setup where mm. I could see children coming in and you admit a child today, tomorrow you don't find them because they're dead or something happened. Sure, sure. Um, most of these children tend to be worse when they have underlining conditions such mm -hmm. as HIV, mm -hmm. they have cerebral palsy, and you'll figure out that when they get better in the clinic, mm -hmm they go back home to their poorest households. So the problem is not, cannot be solved when children come in and go out and they come in and go out, the same patients come in and go out. So um, it's all started with understanding maternal malnutrition and how it comes about and how women and the community understands um, what, how nutrition is important for right. child's development. Right. Yes. And when you, you know, when you're speaking about these various, you know, critical people that, that make up this whole body of support, for both the child and for the mother, and you're doing your research, um, you know, what were your findings? You know, you mentioned now, what, how are they perceiving nutrition before your project and before your work within these regions? Yes, so um, most women, most women in Zambia, most women from poorest households, they don't, and they, if you would tell them, um, you need to eat healthy, the first thought that comes is healthy is expensive. Mm -hmm. So they have to start understanding that you can be healthy by eating food from local markets. You can buy fruits and vegetables and it can still be a healthy meal. Right. And so 
We also do this by um, capacity building where we do this through monthly clinic cooking demos where we partner with local clinics and help these women. Uh, we provide these women in Perry, in rural and Perry urban Zambia where we host the cooking demo, where we show them how to prepare meals, what food to buy with the little they have. And because it becomes more complicated when it is in the hospital because um, when a child comes in with malnutrition, they are given certain steps in order for them to regain their body mass. Yeah. So it's a whole complex, which is way easier if it's prevented during uh, pregnancy. So, wow. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Yeah. It, it, it's 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 so um, it's so humbling when you think about you know the the issues that can happen if it's not taken care of beforehand, you know? So the preventative work, you know, like you said now, incorporating, um, you know, healthy food into your diet, you know, how mothers are, are taking care of themselves while they're still pregnant, you know, that, those are yeah. all critical things. But I, I, I think even from a South African perspective, I connect with you so much on the idea that healthy food is perceived to be expensive. And so yes. when you look at like cheaper foods, you know, off cuts of meat, you know, just cheaper things, it's never fruits and vegetables, you know, it's never yes. the healthier things. And so you, there's, you're so right. There definitely needs to be um, that paradigm shift to say, let's not just assume that fruits and veg are expensive. Let's not write it off. Let's find ways to make these meals that we previously deemed as too expensive and therefore unattainable let's find ways that we can make these affordable attainable you know what kind of local businesses are out there to support these nutritional needs that are that are essentially in our backyard and and really change yeah. that perspective and that that paradigm of you know healthy food equals expensive food right so that's that's really interesting um but when i think about all the work that you're doing uh, it's first of all it's incredible work so congratulations and well done um you. how you've managed to sound so humble when you literally <laughs> just saving your corner of the world is incredible to me but i know that there's so many people that you know listening to you today have their own passion projects that they want to launch in their city in their town um and and how did you get started because i think getting started is the hard part you know it's it seems like you've got this huge ambition for 2030 but how did you get started during school during medical school i had applied for this leadership program called SUSI, which okay. is study for the u.s institutes yeah um so it's a six-week program where we are allocated at a specific university where we learn about leadership and capacity building and um at the end at the end of the program you're supposed to come up with a project mm -hmm. so when i came up with the nutrition project it was up in the air, like I didn't really have so much substance in, in order to understand it. Mm -hmm. But when I went to the hospital during that ward, ward round, I understood that this is a critical problem. Right. And this problem could be prevented, you know? So um, that's how I started the nutrition project. And I named it 2030 because I wanted it to align with the SDG goal number two. Mm-hmm which is zero hunger. I mean, it, it, it is a lot of work and it is a big goal. And like you said, you, you're aligning it with the sustainable development goals. But what have been, if any, some of the challenges in getting the project started, um, you know, and, and getting people to invest and, and go along with you and partner with you on this project? 
in the beginning, it was a bit hard because you talk to um, different groups of people that are doing the same thing. And mm -hmm. you find out that if you don't have so much knowledge on what you're about to do, it's you're going to be easily discouraged because they're going to say, oh, the government is already doing that. Oh, malnutrition is everywhere. You can end malnutrition. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So um, I think my knowledge and understanding and the experience that I had was what drove me to do better. So those were most of the challenges that I had where people were discouraging the idea. The government is already doing that. Why are you doing something that the government is already doing? Or the government is responsible and just how to bring in people together so um i think i tackled those challenges by engaging with um groups of people and organizations that were handling the same problem and talking to nutritionists health workers and just understanding how this works how the nutrition works in the hospital how they attend this um, clinical outreaches so um, i think that was the starting point of the whole project I think that's incredible to have that conviction because you're quite right. No matter what you're doing, you know, whether it's, it's, it's development work like you're doing or corporate work or school or whatever it is, you're always going to get the naysayers, right? You're always going to get the people yes. that say, but, but why you or why this project and why do you think yeah. it's going to work? But the reality is that we will never see change in any part of our society or even in our personal lives, if we don't believe that we can make a change. And it's not about changing everything, you know, it's about changing the little thing that you can change. So wherever you can have impact, you know, wherever you can make a difference, make that difference, you know, have that impact instead of approaching it in a way of, you know, it's never going to be done. And I think from the work yes. that you have described so far, you have definitely made a lot of progress. And I wanted to talk to you about that. What have been some of the wins that you've seen, you know, over the stretch of time of starting this project to where you are right now? Our work uh, focuses on uh, three pillars, which is capacity building, networking and education. Right. So um, we promote best, best nutrition practices. We're also engaged in policy dialogue with local leaders. So that has been a huge step for the project where we do monthly nutrition mixers, where we elevate public dialogue on nutrition. We create a strong community of like-minded nutrition promoters. And we also inspire action where we empower schools with skills to grow their own food through school garden projects. So um, the recent biggest milestone we recently have was when we were granted by um, One Young World um, during COVID. So most school going children that had that have feeding programs in their schools weren't able to go to school because the feeding programs weren't able to provide food during mm -hmm. COVID. Mm -hmm. So um, we supplied food to these school going children to 10 different schools where we reached about 5,000 school going children. So um, that was when I realized how important food was and how important the project was because during this time most kids were able to go back to school because we we're able to provide for that term and um when we started the project we started with the clinics yeah. so we are like that um aside from the clinics since during covid there was a bit of some restrictions so the schools were a bit more flexible so it was easy to reach 5,000 school going children during that period and we also helped them in um school gardening projects where they were able to grow their own food, they could sell the, the food and they could buy food for the school. They could sell the fruits and vegetables and just have enough money to um, provide food during 
uh, circumstances such as the pandemic. Absolutely incredible. You know, when I think about the work that you're doing and I, I think about how many other people want to either start similar projects, you know, in different parts of the continent, you know, because malnutrition is, is, is a continental problem. It's not just a problem in, in Zambia. Um, you know, yeah. how would you advise somebody who wanted to either, you know, start work in this area of malnutrition or just a general, you know, development project that they want to start? It doesn't necessarily have to be um, in, in this area, but what would your advice be to them? I think my advice would be just go for it. If you feel this is a problem that's tackling the environment or the community at large, you have to um, research more on that problem and you have to understand through experience. Go into the field and understand what these people are lacking, what these people are eating, what this, how this problem comes about. Understand the problem. It's going to help you find solutions to the problem. It's going to help you find funding to the problem. So um, my biggest advice is just go for it. If you're passionate about something, go for it and understand the problem. Perfect. Um, how can we keep tabs on you and the amazing work that you're going to do? Because we want to be part of the 2030 goal. So how can we get involved, get invested and keep tabs on the, on the good work that you're doing? Okay. So, um, you can follow me on Instagram, which is the 2030 nutrition project, um, LinkedIn, which is my name, Kazana Siwaya and Facebook, um, the 2030 Nutrition Initiative. Perfect. Thank you so much, Kazan, for joining us. We are so grateful. You guys, I hope you've learned as much as I have. It's been an absolute gem talking to this wonderful queen from Zambia. I hope you guys have been inspired to do, like the lady said, what you are passionate about. And and the, the whole thing is to just start. You know, the biggest thing is to yeah. just start. But uh, thank you so much, Kazana, for, for joining us. It's been thank amazing you so having you on. I hope you guys continue to have an amazing Women's Day and a Women's Week and a Women's Month, you guys, as we continue to celebrate Women's Month with a fantastic woman from the continent and around the world doing incredible things. Happy Tuesday, choose yourself. You guys take care.